and welcome back to the DC Beer Show. With me, I have Brandy. Hi, everybody. So on our Squadcast screen right now, I see Jake, Mike, and our sound guy, Ish. Hey, Ish. But we have funny, witty names for ourselves. And because I never have a funny intro, I'm going to say, mine's the Queen Bee. And I love Mike's and Jake's. Please let them tell them, tell you what they are. Brandy here, back. What's up? I'm going to go with uh, your witty nickname, Queen Bee, as yes. topping all of their nicknames. You want to <laughs> bumble with the bee, huh? Yeah. So we're not talking about that Queen Bee, but we will be referencing New York City, represent, represent, Brooklyn, and other whereabouts on the show. It is the DC Beer Pod. I am... Michael Stein with me, of course, is Brandy and Jake, and uh, we're going to chop it up. We're going to get into it this week. Without further ado, today's topics. A quick recap of um, Battle of the Barrels. Congratulations, Port City. Yeah. A discussion of other half's impending opening. Maybe a little bit of a downer after that um, with regards to bar and restaurant closures. But we'll end the game on a high note flow opera with NRG's The Shelter opening up down at the Potomac Ave station in what it will be known as The Roost. But without further ado, I figured we'd toss it over to Brandy. Brandy, Battle of Barrels, please discuss. All right, Jake, or Eight-Legged DJ, according to your squad cast name. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, if you guys tuned in last Monday, uh, well, last Friday for you guys, but for us it was Monday. It was the day before... Um, they announced the winner of the Battle of the Barrel Age. Mike sat out. Unfortunately, you would have had a lovely time. But Jake, Richard, and myself hung out on Jake's back porch and drank some delicious beers. And though we all agreed that it should have been right proper, the La Flagneur, because it was phenomenal, we're happy with who won. Port City won again this year. And the head brewer again, took off his shirt if you saw the Instagram post. So uh, they did Apple Brandy Barrel Aged Baltic Porter, which we all agreed was really, really well done. So cheers to them for winning. And uh, I still want to hear what everybody else thought about those cute little cans and uh, whoever whoever voted for. You know, like, of course you voted for Port City, but I'm, I'm curious to hear all the other feedback on the other beers because the Harmonious Funk was also amazing and available at the brewery. And if you are still looking for the Baltic Porter that the winner of the Battle of the Barrel Age, you can find it to end to go crawlers and growlers. So yeah, cheers to Port City. Yay. Good job. Yay, all. PCBC. Yeah. Back to back champions. We should be so lucky in other venues yes. as Port City is with their barrel age beer. <laughs> So moving right along, the next topic we plan to discuss was other half. It's on your minds. It's coming off your lips to your fingers on the Twitters. You've been asking Jake and I about it constantly. Hey, when is other half opening? And I'm here to tell you, I don't know. But I do have an educated guess. And that educated guess is next month or this month, October, I should say. But head over to dcbeer.com. Jake has a great piece about other half. He got a chance to check out some of their digs. Very impressive, I would say. The biggest thing coming out of Jake's coverage of Other Half is that they're planning to do 30,000 barrels. You heard that right. 30,000 barrels is about 60,000 kegs. So to put that into perspective, 60,000 kegs of beer. 
you know, like 60,000 parties where you kick one keg of beer each night. So, Mike, how many barrels did all the DC brewers produce in 2019? What's that sum total? Good question. Randy, do you want to take a guess? How many barrels did DC, all of the brewers, big and small, the big, mighty DC brow, the small, but also mighty public option brewing, you know, two barrels at a time. <laughs> How much did DC produce? I don't know, but I have a funny feeling you're going to tell me. I am. That number is just under 36,000 barrels. It was 35,000 and change, according to the Brewers Association, which Jake outlines in his article. So it's crazy capacity wise to think of other half coming in and being able to brew 30,000 barrels to the dozen breweries in DC making 35,000 last year. So where is all that beer gonna go? Jake, you asked an excellent question. Let me ask you, are those 60,000 kegs worth or 60,000 kegs uh, worth of canned beer, where are they going? So this is, I think, a really good question. And my answer to that is with another question, and that's what percentage of the other half sales are going to end up in trades heading outside of the D.C. metropolitan area market? Many, many, many. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is a question that I've posed to the good folks at Downtown Crown up to 70 in Montgomery County. They regularly, like just really about once a week, they get drops from other half in Brooklyn. And everybody worry not, they're going to continue to get those drafts. And if um, you're in Baltimore and listening to this, welcome. Also, get your own <laughs> podcast. And um, we'll add, other half makes those drops at the wine source in the Hampton neighborhood as well. Those drops aren't going anywhere. There's some weird quirk um, where other half isn't going to be able to sell the Brooklyn beer at the DC facility, at least not yet. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a really long-winded roundabout way of saying, we don't know, and not in substantial amount, I suspect is going to end up on the, the wacky secondary market um, in Facebook groups where there's whole things like the group is like, beer collectibles in air quotes because everybody knows that you're not really collecting the can or the bottle or the vessel but you are in fact trading beer and then every so often one of those groups goes and gets shut down there's another option here now and we'll jump into this a little bit later but now that nrg's the shelter is opening they're going to sell beer to go four packs retail you buy it you take it home just like how NRG has done this neighborhood, this neighborhood provisions, the Church Key beer store to deliver stuff. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that um, out of the just under 36,000 barrels that the district's brewers brewed last year, the city surely consumed way more beer. When you look at the biggest brewery in the area, that's Port City. Port City Brewing Company, the winner of the Barrel Age beers, brewed about 16,000 barrels, so 32,000 kegs worth of beer last year. And a lot of that beer would have been headed to Nat's stadium, to the ballpark. And so all of the brewers that normally sell beer in the ballpark are without that added bump in sales this year. Of course, way more beer going into can, way more beer going into package, but it's just interesting to see how the market is shifting and changing. You know, trading, you, Jake, you had a piece a few months ago about trading. People are still trading beer, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if anything, with more beer being put into cans, there's more stuff to trade. 
Precisely. And so it's interesting to see, you know, historically, D.C. had breweries that brewed over 100,000 barrels of beer a year. So maybe the market, you know, maybe this bubble people like to talk about isn't bursting at all, but it's just growing. Uh, it's hard to see how much room there is in the district for growth. But I can say there's a lot of world out there that breweries could be sending, you know, cans to. Baltimore, Maryland was getting a ton of other half. They'll get a ton more. But so will even uh, parts south of us from, from the district here, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, those folks in those states like to drink beer. Everybody wants a hazy, juicy. So here comes the hazy, juicy pipeline straight out of the District of Columbia. Other half I-95, world domination. <laughs> but Mike, you mentioned Nats Park. That's one spot where beer isn't going right now. I'm mm -hmm. going to kick it over to Brandy because another spot where beer isn't going, at least not as much as it could under normal circumstances, are bars and restaurants in the area. Yeah, so I will start this off by saying I'm a little far removed from it because I haven't worked at a distillery in a little while. A lot of what I helped do was make sure that the local bars and restaurants had our product. And it was tricky at times with some bars and restaurants because, you know, we are local and they can get some, you know, bigger brand for cheaper. There are phenomenal restaurants and bars in DC who really just provide local. And I kind of want to shout out to DC Harvest because they're the first that pop into my head because they always have local beer and spirits behind the bar. With that said, with all of these bars and restaurants either closing, because that's a huge thing right now that Mike and I'm sure Jake will touch on as well, but they are having to try to survive and pay their employers, uh, employees, employers, it, well, and employers. <laughs> yeah. um, and they are jumping over many obstacles and there have been a lot of layoffs and I'm part of the district uh, industry Facebook group. And so I see constantly on their servers who haven't worked in a while. I'm like, oh my God, is there a job? Like, give me a job. And so you have that. And then you see bars and restaurants closing, you know, all of our stuff is for sale. And I know that it's been hard for a lot of my friends to keep their places going. They've had to, you know, put in patios because you can't sit inside and they don't want people sitting inside. For example, Ben and LT over at Hellbender. I know I talk about them a lot, but they're my booze down the street. They were one of the last breweries to open because as they put it, they, LT and Ben are the only one who make the beer there. It's not like a rotation of brewers. It's not like six brewers. It's two of them. And if one of them gets sick or both of them get sick, there's no beer. So no one's still allowed inside. They're doing patio stuff. But I asked, I reached out to Ben and LT earlier and I was, I asked them specifically about, you know, how things have changed. And he said, he said, we have about 30 draft lines ordering at rates about 75% less than before. We had about 200 lines before COVID. And that I asked, you know, the certain bars and restaurants that they were on tap, he said, we're probably still on tap at 40, 45 to 50 places, but some are moving beer extremely slowly uh, and haven't shown up on my recent sales report. So, you know, the places that are surviving, that are staying open, let's just sit, throw out Midlands, 
they are not at full capacity because you can't be, you can't fill the tables full and still adhere to guidelines and restrictions. So that's less beer. They are moving beer in their tap room, but a lot of it's going into cans because a lot of it's big on to-go sales. So with the can topic with other half and people putting more things into cans, it's a way to survive. But come winter, when the makeshift patios are no longer going to be a thing, what, what's everybody going to do? And I know I'm going to be sitting inside of my house drinking beer that I get, but I'm not going to be sitting outside because it's going to be freezing. So it's really scary to, to think that my friends aren't maybe going to have a job. So it's, I know this is the downer part of the, the podcast, but you know, it's uh, Mike sent an article uh, from the Washington Post about having all of these places closed and even by wintertime. And wintertime is a busy time for restaurants and bars. And, you know, people are visiting and going out to eat a lot. And so I, it's, I'm curious where this is going to go and, and the, the places that are going to survive, who are they going to be? You know, like how, who gets lucky? Like the people with the money, NRG group, you know, uh, yeah, beer's great, but I, I the underdog needs, needs help. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. The bottom line is uh, support local and give your money to businesses you would like to see stay open for as long as possible. That's not to say everybody is in fear of closing, but I kind of just operate that like any day another announcement could come that another restaurant, brewery, distillery, winery, or cidery is closed. And that sucks and that's shitty. But it's the reality of the world in which we live in, which reminds me, I haven't bought beer from Hellbender since August. How dare you? So I you? do a case of beer. I'm literally down to my last four Code Talkers Pale Ales. Oh, those have um, been gone. So it's gone. time to re-up. <laughs> it's time to re-up. And when I re-up, I'm not just going to buy a six-pack. I'm going to buy a case or two to oh, make yeah. it worth their while, right? I went last Thursday and bought, geez, like three cases of beer. <laughs> And I will say... How much open terrain session hazy IPA did you buy, Randy? (laughs) (laughs) When we record this, we record on video. Um, You can't see Brandy showing off the open terrain can. Yeah, that was my first beer. She's showing off her greeter beer. What we call a greeter beer is the beer you greet one another with before you start recording yes. or even sound checking for the pod. <laughs> it's so pretty. And it's such it's a it's a such a light. It's only 4.8. So, I mean, what I do like is that a lot of breweries have been lowering their ABV. In my head, they're doing it because uh, and that's just this is my guess, more people are drinking. Like a lot, a lot, a lot yeah. day drinking. And, you know, if all you have in your fridge are eight, nine percent IPAs and stuff, then maybe you need to chill out and <laughs> make it last longer. So I kind of respect all the breweries kind of decreasing their ABV. <laughs> but yeah. um, but last Thursday, I also ordered beer from Silver Branch for delivery. Mm. Usually I go pick stuff up, but I didn't have time yeah. to go out there. So I got a gold line American class, um, mm-hmm. classic American Pilsner, and that's what I'm drinking right now. It's really good. Yes. Yeah. Yum. Gold line classic American Pilsner, a wonderful lager, lager beer brewed with corn. Mm. Of course, corn goes back, you know, in American brewing to pre-Columbian times. But obviously, don't scorn the corn. Praise the maize. <laughs> and just um, to piggyback on that, if uh, the corn... And the adjunct American lager isn't your thing. 
by the time you're listening to this podcast, Silver Branch will have put out many, many more four packs of Killer Castles, which is their unfiltered Keller beer version, a nice young Pilsner that what would be glass castles were it filtered and rested and such. Yeah, be, before I get all nerdy about whether you like your Pilsner with or without corn, buy Pilsner. Just buy more of it. Buy it from Silver Branch. Buy it from Blue Jacket. Buy it from DC Brow. Buy it from Atlas has a great one. I'm going to get some more Bullpen Pilsner very soon. But lager. Brandy's drinking the Gold Line. I'm drinking Hill House, the Fest Lager uh, from Blue Jacket, uh, 6.5% ABV. So not as crushable as the 5% uh, gold line, but still a wonderful and delicious beer. And I think what we need right now is to recognize that even though there is doom and gloom all around, there are still some silver linings to these uh, thunderclouds that are overhead. Jake, as you mentioned, Shelter opened. So there is a whole bunch more draft lines that are available. On their menu at Shelter, of, of course, was Blue Jacket beer, but then also other locals, Ocelot, out of Virginia, Kushwa out of uh, Maryland, Aslan from Virginia. Uh, but then even further afield, you had Bells, you had Tired Hands, Other Half, The Vale, uh, another Virginia brewery, Hill Farmstead from Vermont, Drecker, St. Adarius, and Maine Beer Company, all represented. And it's quite impressive. The space of shelter, such as it is, allows for a bit of indoor-outdoor seating as well. So I suspect that right now, even with the social distancing in effect, they can reasonably accommodate something like 100 people. With the garage doors open, pretty much everything is outdoors. And the focus of Shelter really is going to be on the lower ABV of the spectrum. And as far as the as NRG's entire property there is called The Roost, we're going to plug that. Um, they're doing show of hands cocktails um, from their cocktail people. Hey, Nick. Those are going to be on the lower ABV end of the cocktail spectrum. And they're also going to have natural wines. Natural wines tend to check in a couple, I would say, percentage points of ABV lower than some of their very, very oaked and jammy California brethren. So I think, you know, like between 10 and 13, as opposed to between like 12 and 15%. But I mean, what's interesting to me is that Shelter was going to be 50 draft lines about half of which are AB, low, lower ABV, talking like five and under, five and a half and under. But because of this pivot to package, because everyone has to put things into cans, they're opening with just 20 draft lines and also a cask. Cask line works out well because they can just throw Blue Jacket beer on, on cask. They've got one on now. But some of the lower ABV stuff, I think, is pretty interesting. I think this goes back to Brandy's point is... Do you all notice lower ABV stuff now? And do you think it's a function of the pandemic and of people's alcohol purchasing? Like have brewers, did they kind of sort of catch on, say, in like June, July, August? Like, oh, we should have more session strength stuff, more stuff under five, for example. Yeah, to an extent. I think it's also a case of trends, beer buying trends are returning to pre-pandemic levels. Like, let's be clear, we're still in a pandemic. Wear your damn mask, wash your damn hands, give people space, right? Now, with that in mind, I was talking to Erica Goodrich from the Craft Beer Cellar, and whoop, she whoop. was telling me That's that, like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> yes, hey, shout Erica. out to Erica. 
Hey, so from March to like May, from like late March to early May, it was like packs, packs, packs. Erica sold a ton of four packs, six packs, you know, and cases, which we saw market, you know, checked off an IRI symphony data with grocery shopping, Costco shopping, all that. But what she said a few months ago, what was happening is people were returning to pre-pandemic purchasing habits, which is like, I'll take one can of that, one can of that. I know Silver Branch is quality, so I'll get a four pack of lager because I know four, four lagers, that's like one afternoon of conference calls for me. You know, basically it's a return to norm. Nothing is normal. It's a pandemic. It's a brand new time, but we are seeing purchasing habits return as they were before March. You have the seasonal swing now where it's winter. You know, I was texting with uh, Roe Gunzel, who's the Blue Jacket Brewer. He's got a Doppelbach coming out in December. So while we do see some, you know, four, five percent ABV, like the Gold Line, the Classic American, the Corn, lovely full of maize Pilsner, we're going to have some stronger beers coming down the pike soon as well. But also, you know, like considering right proper, you guys had La Flaneur, this wonderful vin de so kind of mm. barley, this barley wine, this sour, funky barley wine. That beer is wonderful, but that beer cannot stop the Raised by Wolves pale ale train from barreling down the tracks. And it's really remarkable because that's just a 5% beer and it's still likely the best seller. I actually want to touch on something that you just said about how buying trends have downshifted. And when you first said that, my first thought was, well, people were hoarding beer at the beginning because they're like, hey, don't have to go to work, uh, day drinking, I, like this is terrible, I'm depressed, which I am. But now I'm sure a lot of people thought that it would kind of be over by now. And so they're not. there's not a lot of money. Like I don't have a lot of money. Like I, I continue to buy beer. That's my biggest purchase. But, you know, people who are out of work in restaurants and bars closing and not getting a job, I mean, that you're not able to go to see the lovely Erica at Craft Beer Cellar and get these nice beers because you honestly can't afford it. So there's that aspect as well. You know, that's probably why the buying trend is is changing. Yeah, I mean, we are in a recession. It's official. Yeah. And we'll see where that goes. But I think the point is we've had, you know, a, a beer like Raised by Wolves, the pale ale being the best seller for some time. But I think perception has also changed, too. I, I had a conversation with a Twitter follower who was saying, oh, yeah, this is back in 2017. And Right Proper was going to discontinue Raised by Wolves. So I texted Bobby Bump, who was the brewer in 2017. And he was like, no, we didn't say that. So, you know, I asked this random Internet person, where'd you hear that from? And he said, oh, my bartender told me. And they said, you know, maybe the, the distributor told them and da, da, da. And I was like, yeah, but that's just baloney. And I think for so often the stories we hear, we take as gospel um, when the reality is, is something entirely different. And, you know, like commodity, you know, beer is a commodity, right? Beer is not toilet paper, but it is sold at Costco. <laughs> so consider that. Yeah, I think like this ties back into the restaurant closing discussion earlier. Um, it's great that energy has been able to open the shelter. But I recall in perhaps late March, early April, the Brewers Association released either like a preliminary report or something to that effect that mentioned how many of the thousands of breweries across the country could close. 
And I think DC has mercifully, I'm going to knock on wood here, you can hear it on the podcast, uh, <laughs> been spared that we hope the public, the public option, which is one of my neighborhood locals, can come back from all of this. And here's hoping that they will. But we've seen a bunch of bar closings, a bunch of restaurant closings, but the brewery, winery, cidery, distillery closings, those haven't materialized yet. And so I take that as a pretty, pretty, pretty good sign, just like I take it as a good sign that Energy saw fit to open up the shelter during all of this, like, and how right proper didn't have to make a hire for a director of brewing operations, who is Barrett Lauer, to oversee both the Brookland and the Shaw facilities, but they did. And so like that tells me that they're voting with their money that they intend to see the other side of this. Good. With that, I want to remind everybody where we keep we keep driving it in, but there are a mo- a lot of owners, brewery owners, who have taken themselves off of payroll, and it's not like they were making a lot of money anyway. But they their main goal is to keep you know their their brewers and their few you know front of house people on. So you know, please buy as much beer as you can. I know that most of the brewers, breweries are still trying to do events, you know, virtual events. I know Erica craft beer seller does all these fun videos and um, every Thursday. Yep. And Hellbender's still doing open mic nights, you know, virtually. And um, if you buy apparel from them, you can put your order in and you know, they, they still see that money if you buy shirts and hats and, and you know, just just know that they aren't making money. They're just trying to survive. So, like, you know, if you can, got, get a T-shirt, you know. At Red Bear is doing the drag livery, which we talked about before, but they're getting a whole bunch of publicity. But the owners have taken themselves off of payroll so they can, they, they can pay their employees. And I think that speaks volumes. And, and I think a lot of them are just trying to get through to the other side, like Jake said. So let's help yeah. them if we can. <laughs> let's help them. Let's help them. Yeah. On one, on one level, it's all about survival, uh, getting through to the end of this, but looking at the national response and the federal plan, there's no end in sight. So let's be joyful where we can, which is uh, ordering drag livery from Red Bear Uh, getting a case of beer from Hellbender and enjoying an open mic night. Um, The same, you know, a Blue Jacket has a wonderful delivery service along with neighborhood provisions. I'm about to open my first Ancho cider of the day. I'm doing what so many in the fabled DC beer industry do, which is um, switch to wine after beers. (laughs) But I will say that um, support the businesses you want to see weather this, right? And be and be grateful that they're still there doing business. Um, Because ultimately, it's it's up to us. We are the heroes we've been looking for. So you got to put your cape on after you put your mask on and (laughs) and go be fucking awesome. You know, that's really what what we're getting at right now. I mean, there was a piece a long time ago, back in March with Tom Colicchio, you know, the chef, the activist talking about seeing potentially 75% of all restaurants dying. And he said that wasn't data driven. That was, you know, a finger in the air, a, a talking point, a sticking point. I mean, imagine if we only had 10 breweries in DC, we have more than 10, certainly have more than 10 drinks makers, if you can consider the distilling industry, two wineries, the the three cideries, 
you know, imagine if there were only 10 of them, there would only be 2.5 with 75% of them closing. And fortunately, we're way above that, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. So certainly support local because they need your support. Well said. I mean, Stein's been supporting local. We see what's in his Stein. He's got... <laughs> Witty keynote. <laughs> yes. There goes, there goes the Ancho. Brandy, what have you been drinking lately? Like, what's really jumped out at you? I had my friend that visited several weeks ago, seemed like a month ago now, who knows, and brought me some North Carolina beer. And that went pretty quickly. I drink... I drink a lot of beer in this house. So because Hellbender is so close, they're literally right down the street from me, I tend to stock up. I nanny during the week, unfortunately. So I go to go to work really early, get off pretty late. So I don't have much time to go to other breweries and stock up. That's why I had the Silver Branch delivered last Thursday, which was lovely. Um, but I haven't gotten anything new i there was a beer that i wanted to order from silver branch but they didn't have it available unfortunately so i was kind of sad which beer name names we they, they're listening and we can shame them what what i forgot what it was but i actually i couldn't check out on on their website i was like am i doing something wrong because me and technology we don't get along Actually, my computer wasn't working for a while. I didn't think I was going to be on the podcast, but I was uh, Instagram messaging with with Silver Branch, and they were like, "Well, let me try to fix it. I'm, I'm going to wait for Brett to come in." So waited for like hours for Brett to come into work, and it still was it still didn't happen. But uh, I just dealt without. I don't remember the name of it. Oh, it was the uh, L L something. I think uh, it was it was a pale ale. But anyway, I got the two pilsner, so it's for like what I really wanted. <laughs> so that's fine. But, you know, I really, I'm just impressed. Oh, Panda Strike Force is coming back at Hellbender or it was already tom tomorrow. Uh, it was released already. I have no idea. I don't even know what By today is. By the time is. you hear this, Panda <laughs> Strike no Force idea. will be on sale. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, buy some Panda Strike Force, right? That is uh, an IPA that comes from the idea that IPA w was bitter, but now it's not bitter anymore. And with one subtle change... Other half's going to brew 30,000 barrels, <laughs> mostly of AC IPA, probably. But the point, I think, Brandy, what I take from your story is that even if you can't get what you want, buy something you know you'll like yeah. and support the people that you know deserve your, your dollars. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure I bought like eight cases of bare bones culture <laughs> in the last three months. It's insane. Yeah. My whole basement was beer, like reupholstering things and then cases of beer. Yeah. So. It's funny you should mention Stein because speaking of other half and hazy IPAs, I'm currently drinking. What are you drinking, Jake? I've got other half's double mosaic dream, double Jerk. dry hopped. <laughs> yeah. How um, dare take me, you? Take I'll... me with you next time. Um, Jake went. Really Jake does... went without me. I was sad. <laughs> yeah. He left all of us behind to go you get a bastard. Secret. Yes, I, I work a job grounds. where I I can nominally duck out and then make up that time a little bit later. Um, so I was able to go down and get a tour of other half, meet up with them, hang out. Um, and they sent me home with this, which is very nice of them, which I will now disclose on my tax forms. <laughs> having, having mentioned it on the, on the podcast, um, it really is all of the mosaic. It has a very dank berry, blueberry, strawberry thing going on. It's also eight and a half percent. I tend to like my, my IPA is sub seven, but mm. I will make an exception in this case. So I guess what you're saying is when other half opens, you're going to give Brandy and I a four pack of that each. 
you better no you're gonna take me with you next time because <laughs> you know everybody i want to take a picture of us with our beers can you hold do you have your can mike jake can you have your mm-hmm. i'm gonna take a picture for instagram hey guys what are you drinking show me what to drink in yeah okay cool, cool. and so since we're doing the pr i i figured we would all say goodbye farewell Auf Zane, all that fun stuff. Good night. Um, yeah. We'll, <laughs> so long, farewell. We will be back um, around this time next week. Again, um, please listen to all of us. And when we say, be safe and drink local. Wear local. your mask. Auf Wiedersehen. Wear your fucking beer. mask. Yes. Love you guys. Cheers. Cheers all. Adios, amigos. Cheers.